Hello, and welcome to episode 1250 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, January 26th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing all right. We, uh, we got, uh, we got some news right now in the fantasy industry that we have to talk about that we're going to dive right into here, and it's not that fun. It is not fun at all. But we're certainly not going to avoid it. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, because it is a football-related thing, but it does tie in to the overall NF, uh, you know, fill in the letter C, that that NFC, you know, National Fantasy yeah. Championship, and then you, you talk about the sport. Um, it's a cheating scandal, and, and it, yeah. it's, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. One of their, you know, basically the right-hand man to Tom and Greg, Derek, a guy that we both knew and, you know, had good interactions with. Um, at least as far as in the fantasy realm, was caught cheating. And not only that, but appears to be up cheating for a family member. There's a tweet that goes back uh, where they're calling each other, or where he's calling the player, his cousin or whatever. Even if it isn't, even if that's like, you know, how you call maybe family friends and uncle or whatever, who gives a shit? That's not the most important part. The fact is it blatantly cheated. Blatantly. And they were caught because... The other folks that were in the contest were, uh, you know, meticulously dialed into it because, of course, when you're playing high stakes, this is not just like, oh, I'll check it when the game's over. (laughs) You know, you're on top of every single thing. And so it's the fantasy, it's the playoff situation with these, you know, round by round. And you have all these different uh, strategies that you can do. And if you get this player to block this team, that could be a huge advantage. So these, these folks that were running a crew together, they were really looking on how they could gain. They were in the top five. Yeah. And they were looking at this other team. We got almost all the same players except for one here. If they go with Rasheed Rice and we go with Kelsey, this will be a huge advantage. Lineups lock. They refresh. Boom. The player went Rice. We went Kelsey. For those of you that don't follow football, Kelsey had an insane game. I don't even know what Rasheed Rice did, but the bottom line is Kelsey had a huge Not game. Turns out, now all of a sudden the other team has Kelsey too. How's that possible? And a guy from the previous week on their team had been changed as well. So, because they're taking screenshots, you know, like when the lineups locked, they saw that it was Rice, so they took a screenshot, sent it to each other. You know, the the dude took Rice, we're we're golden. And um, also the lineup change happened moments after a Travis Kelsey touchdown. Yeah. So don't worry about the particulars of the football aspect of it. The bottom line is the the main employee that isn't Greg and Tom, they're the faces of it, but the main behind the scenes employee, Derek, was cheating. Yeah. And at least was doing this one, and I think they found at least one other right now. It questions the integrity of everything. Yeah. It just does. Like it, it's it's probably not fair to put it over the entire thing, but how can you not? He's been there forever, and we've promoted the living hell out of the NFBC, and I've had an amazing time in the contests. I'm not going to retroactively pretend anything or, or, or throw them under the bus, but I, I feel like it'd be wrong of us not to bring this up, even though it's in the football realm, when we have very much encouraged people to put their money into the NFBC. To that end, I know that you're considering maybe not doing that this year, I don't know where I'm at on it right now. I might still play a main event. Still love Greg and Tom. Still uh, want to support them. 
but this is tough. Justin, I've been blabbing. What, 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 what do you think on this? You, you saw this, you sent this to me. I, mm -hmm. I was gobsmacked. First time I could ever use that word in a proper context, but that's how I was. It was a gut punch. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, but the, you know, NFB, Tom and Greg from NFBC said, hey, this is, you know, we've already, we've already been looking into it. Um, this is an isolate. This feels like it's, we, we can assure you it's an isolated incident. Since then, another incident in week 16 has already been exposed. Um, and I don't even know if we have access to like, I mean, we have access to this last football season, but I don't have access to transactions from last baseball season or before. There, um, the, the only the only good thing, and I put good in extreme quotes here, is that this player sucked. Yeah. Like they didn't yeah. do shit. It was not good so, at all. Yeah. Um that and I say that's good because you don't go back and you see seven thousand caches and everything yeah. and have to question every single contest you've ever been in. He's been that in said, he's he's dropped tens of thousands of dollars into NFBC or NFFC um and won maybe one or two contests in Yeah, and finished like third in the twenty nineteen yeah. postseason. Mm -hmm. The thing of it is though there could have been cheating that cost you something, right? Like they exactly. could have, that person could have pushed you out of third in something or second, you know? So like there are cascading effects, but anyway, I interrupted you. Go ahead. So, I mean, this is, this is bad. Um, and it's hard for me. Uh, and I know for a lot of other people, uh, you know, like I have a lot of money tied up into NFBC for this season. Um, I have a working relationship while I don't get paid by NFBC. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, I've worked in relationship with them, with TGFBI, with the Earth Leagues, um, and I don't know what's next, right? Like, how bad is this going to get? And, you know, are government agencies going to get involved? Because this is, you know, let's be honest, this is gambling, and government agencies are going to see interstate gambling, uh, which is only somewhat regulated by individual states, and uh, and they may want to get involved in this, Um and so, yeah, I am debating, you know, I want to be, you know, I tweeted about it yesterday, trying to stay measured. Uh, and, um, and that was, uh, that was before the second incident was exposed, mm -hmm. uh, like right before, literally like 20 minutes later, people were like, well, what about this? And I was like, oh crap. Um, but I also want to be very transparent in that, uh, you know, while I, I've never, I've never been paid by NFBC for the work I do with them. I do work with them and, uh, and I respect, and we've gotten, we've gotten entries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not yep. a direct pay of like money in our bank account, but it is, it's free month, you know, it's a free entry. So that's, that's mm -hmm. worth talking about saying, Hey, we've gotten entries. We have a working relationship with them. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm considering pulling my money out. Uh, and then I'm considering not playing. I mean, I've already drafted, multiple contests um on nfbc this year but i am considering not playing the rest of the season because i there is an outcome where this site no longer exists or gets frozen and uh and that is petrifying when we're talking about thousands of dollars and i'm not a millionaire or a billionaire by any stretch of the imagination right I'm so barely like, a thousandaire my yeah man. like i I live paycheck to paycheck like a lot of people in this country. And so, uh, and I need multiple paychecks from multiple places in order to make that work. Um, 
And so, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is really, really scary. So I don't blame anybody that says they're not going to play there anymore. Um, and but I also don't blame people who are like, listen, I trust Tom and Greg and yep. um, I'm going to continue playing there and hope for the best. And uh, but, I, you know, you you kind of brought it to me like, hey, when you talk about this at first, I was like, oh, God. Uh, I don't want to talk about this, uh, but we have to be transparent about what's going on because we have been such huge proponents because from a technical side, this is a fantastic site that yes. uh, runs a fantastic game uh, that we both love. Uh, and the but, community that it's fostered. Yeah. The people that we've met. And I also want to just say, just so everyone knows, uh, it's never been a main event entry. We, it's the Rotowire uh, yeah. championship. We pay our way in, in the big dog. Yeah. every time just absolutely. in case anybody was like they're playing the main event for free no absolutely not greg i mean said, I what's that i said i would have if they'd give me oh i mean i'm not going to turn down 1750 yeah. bucks i'm yeah. just saying we greg is not giving the, that out the beat justin mason the beat paul score yeah. is comped as you yeah. know uh, a marketing ploy for them exactly. um uh but yeah i mean this is just it's truly um disconcerting like mm -hmm. i just uh, and I, I, I told you before we got started, like I was up really late last night in part to help Danielle prep for her uh, pitch con thing today, but also really talking out and thinking about like the ramifications of this. Like, you know, I mean, TGFBI is a 400 plus person contest that I run on NFBC. Should I move it? You know, um, I've got, you know, at this moment, multiple mains and multiple uh, uh, auction championships, which are, you know, $1,500 and $1,700 a piece. Should I get refunds for those? Like, um, these are all things that are worth considering. I don't know that I'm going to know exactly what I'm going to do uh, for the next few days. I figure I'll give them, you know, some time to kind of try to figure things out a little bit. Uh, but that uh, I, I will be very transparent about what I do uh in terms of whether or not i'm gonna continue to play on the platform for this year uh yeah. this, it wouldn't be necessarily a permanent thing as long as they're still around but there's a lot of uh, unknowns right now and i understand people not wanting to uh risk that because there's part of me that doesn't want to risk it either yeah and and so you know we'll just kind of see where it goes right now uh tom and greg obviously have a ton on their plates with the football season pending, the rest of this football contest, did I say football season, with the baseball season pending and the, the football yeah, This couldn't have finishing. happened at the end of baseball season and fucked up football. So they have all winter, or, yeah, yeah, all fall and winter to figure it out. To yeah, get. so we got six months before we have to figure it out. Like, um, you know, like, you know, like the funny part is like, man, every year I go, I should really cut back on leagues. And this was not the way. The way you thought it would. Do you think this is Danielle? Do you think she did this? Like, because like, oh my she God. wants me to cut back on leagues and uh, like, yeah, like she's like. That's a genius move by, no, I'm just kidding. We're trying, we're making light of it a little bit, yeah. but it's obviously super serious and I respect people's decisions. If they stay committed to Greg and Tom and want to keep playing, I respect people who say, taking my money out forever or for the time being. I think there's multiple answers here that are totally fine. Me right now. I'm, I'm in a sure holding we'll, pattern. I'm sure if something big happens, uh, we'll 
you know, update people. Uh, yeah. But, you know, like the, the, the kind of, we're not going to cover This isn't a true crime podcast. No, we're no, not no, no, like no. We're not covering every like, little thing. Yeah. Little things. But we had our people on Twitter um, or YouTube. Uh, the guys that broke this did like a whole hour long podcast on it. Um, Ship chasing, I believe is there. Yeah. YouTube, uh, Peter, Peter, Overett, ben Gretsch, uh, yeah. And another gentleman who I can't remember, I apologize, but, uh, the three of them and they did an excellent job and they, and you know, they weren't the way they covered it. Wasn't like salacious. Yeah. They were very, very thorough and, and like, measured and, and yeah. like, you know what, let's be honest. Like, thank God for these guys like catching mm-hmm. this because while there are a lot of dialed in people, I'm sure a lot of people saw it or, I'm sure a lot of people didn't see it, but I'm sure a lot of people, the people who did see it were just like, oh, that's clearly a mistake or something like that. But it was so egregious that, um, you know, this, who knows how long it's been going on for. I'm sure more will be revealed, Uh, but it got sloppy at some point. Um, And, uh, uh, but uh, thank God these guys were able to figure it out. So that way we kind of have, we want to play in a clean game. Like everybody wants to win. You know, I'll joke like I will do whatever it takes to win, but I want to win clean. I don't want someone going, well, he only won because he cheated. I, I you know, like that's, um, that is not. Because then you didn't win. Because yeah. that ain't winning. And that's a simple fact. It's like, as badly as we all want to win, if, if I can't win straight up, then I didn't win shit. Yeah. And so, again, we'll, we'll update if anything big comes from it. We're not going to cover every moment by moment on this. But there's just no way that as much as we promote the NFPC that we could say nothing. So we respect anyone's choices to stay with NFPC or not. We will let you know when we kind of make our decisions about the rest of the season. We've both got money in already, but haven't done anything with regards to the main event yet. So Well, I mean, I paid um, for my main event. That's the scary part. Oh, well... I, I would imagine, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm speaking out of turn here, uh, but I'd imagine that they would offer refunds in light of this. Sure. So I think you could get it back if you decided that you, you, you don't want to go forward. So, uh, again, I, w- I do wish the best for Greg and Tom, um, cause this is a shit show that they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll just go from there. We'll go yep. from there. All right. Let's talk some baseball. We got to move. We got to move. Uh, like Snell. Yeah. This, no, this move doesn't really slap. This is, this, oh. you know, as the kids say, no, that not, slaps. This not move doesn't Cody slap. Bellinger. No, not Cody Bellinger. Um, this is a solid player, but it's just Jock Peterson, Arizona. And I'm sorry to say, just like I'm not trying to be mean to Jock, but the what's going on with Bellinger and Snell? I'm so annoyed. Like, I mean, why aren't I, they signing? I kind of disagree with you because it may the move may not slap, but he has been slapped. <laughs> He's he gets slapped, I guess. Yeah. Oh wait, um, hang on. Before we get into Jack Peterson, or something, do we have we did have we talked Hoskins? Oh no, we haven't. We should. Yeah, talk we'll we'll talk that in a second. So anyway, the more recent move is Peterson, Arizona. It is funny. I saw people pointing this out on Twitter. So this is not me coming up with this. He's basically taking Fam's job. Yeah, exactly. That's really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't get slapped again for it. If you don't know what that is, just look up Jock Peterson slap. You'll get the whole details there. Um, but what do you think of this? Obviously, we know who he is. He's a platoon guy. He's going to go to a quality team, playing probably bat in the middle of the lineup. I would think maybe um, 
five or six. I mean, we got him four right now against righties. I don't know if he's necessarily the four hitter, but I think he'd be four, five, six against right-handers. Are you interested in Jock? You know, we, we play deep leagues. Does he stay on your radar? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting spot for him. Not really what I thought was going to happen. I mean, if, if you were a you know, Paven Smith fan or Dominic Fletcher fan, this really hurts them because they're both going back down to the minor leagues. Um, yep. And, uh, I mean, I don't love it from a baseball sense. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's fine. Like, he he can still hit righties very well. Um, but, like, he's a atrocious dis- a defender. He's, you know, and this is a team running out, like, one of the best def- outfield defenses and infield defenses. Well, he's going to DH. Yeah, I know. So I'm, what I'm saying is this now blocks off the DH from them using it as a place yeah. to rest people, um, it's, you know, except for against lefties, right? Aren't they um, the right team to do that, though, with their youth or, or one of the right teams maybe to do that with their relative youth? They definitely could. Um, uh, like, I, I mean, I think right, they def- definitely could be. Because um, who are the, the two guys that you would think, just going by age, Suarez and uh, Walker are 33 each. Peterson mm-hmm. himself is 32. Uh, those are the oldest guys in the lineup. They can get DH role against lefties, right? Yep. So your, your point is well taken, but I do think that this is a team that is equipped for that. Um, and then even against lefties, Marte could DH every once in a while. You know, get Jace, Peter- oh, Jace Peterson's a lefty, but Emmanuel Rivera or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. However they work it out, um, I think they could still get some of their 30-somethings, some DH spots against lefties. But you're right, against righties, it is locked and loaded as opposed to that rotating piece that we see for so many other teams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's a decent move, especially if they didn't want to spend a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they already spent money on Eduardo Rodriguez uh, this offseason. Uh, and Suarez, get, getting him in the trade. Yeah, and Suarez, like, he, he, has, yeah. he has a contract. So, uh, it's. I mean, it's definitely uh, an interesting move. Uh, fantasy wise, like, I don't think this changes a ton. He's moving from, yeah, a pitcher's park to a pitcher's park. He's Mm going to still platoon. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it, I think it's fairly neutral. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably not going to draft a ton of Jock Peterson. I don't don't think so either. Platoon guys, you know, in their thirties. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean. 15 homers, 51 ribbies, 235 average last year, and 425 plate appearances. It's fine. And in like shower leagues, 10s and 12s, he's probably a guy you pick up for a week or two at a time for an injury recovery. Or even just a weekend. Like, yeah, going to Coors. They're going to Coors. They've got three righties coming up. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, um, you know, I'm just going to stream you for these three games and I'm going to drop you. Yeah. That's where he is in 10s. For sure with Jock Peterson. But let's talk Hoskins then, because that's a much bigger deal here. And then we got to finish up these catchers. Over to the Brewers. I really like this. Justin, I keep telling you that this team, they're not, they're not giving it up. They believe that they can compete here in the central. And I think this move underscores that. Reese Hoskins over to uh Milwaukee. Now all of a sudden the lineup. I don't hate it. Yelich, Contreras, Freilich, Hoskins, Adamas, Mitchell, Chorio, top seven there with Tarang and Monasterio at the bottom. Would I tell you who would fit brilliantly? I don't think they're going to go get this guy, but Matt Chapman yeah. would fit yeah, I, so I was, brilliantly on this team. I was literally going to say the exact same thing because you look at their lineup and you go, "There's one really, really big hole." Clear spot. Um, mm-hmm. Now they also have Tyler Black, 
who that's right that's a good call point so maybe they don't need they can you know just let tyler black season a little bit in triple a and then bring him up early on in the season Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean i think this this was a brilliant move uh by the brewers from a baseball sense right because uh you get an undervalued hoskins who can be the middle of an order type bat on any team uh and it's a one-year deal with a, or a, well, two-year deal with an opt-out. So, um, you know, like uh, that's a pretty easy contract to flip if things don't go well. Um, yeah, if they do start tearing pieces. But we haven't heard anything on any yep. Burns move or Adamas. So it seems like they're going to ride with this. And then if things fall apart, they need a then picture. they'd be big players. Yeah, they do because Woody is still out. And so Joe you're still Ross going. is their fifth starter. I know. I could not. I saw that the other day when I was looking at their roster from the Hoskins move, and I was. I, I was a Joe Ross fan yeah. 13 years ago. Remember when this team was like, you know, like, man, that rotation could be the best rotation in baseball with Woodruff and Hauser, or no, Hauser, um, Ashby. And yeah, Burns, like, Woody, Peralta, Ashby, and then Miley was the five. Yeah. And now Miley's the three. And I like Wade Miley. He's a solid major league pitcher, but he's your four. He got to be your four or five, not your three. Yeah. So I agree. They could use a pitcher as well. They're not going to sign Snell. We know that. No. But I'm sure there's a mid-tier pitcher or two that they could bring in. If, again, if they were going to do a big investment, Chapman could be that. Good call on Tyro Black, though. Hoskins, as far as the move from one pitch from one hitter's park to another, um, mm-hmm. if you're looking at park factors the last three years for home runs, Citizens Bank in Philly, 111. American Family Field in Milwaukee, 109. So barely a difference. Yeah. So you yeah. should continue to be able to yeah, he's got power that plays anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great landing spot. The question is, like, what does the ADP jump to? Because I assume the ADP will jump. Uh, good call. So, I mean, currently, uh, since Christmas, uh, Hoskins has gone at pick 205. Um, I would not be surprised if he jumps up 50 spots, uh, you know, um, and kind of settles in in that Christian Cachion strand area about 150. Uh, There's a 185 um, on the 24th. When did he sign exactly? I mean, he just signed a couple days ago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if it was that day. You know, one of those things where that draft was going. Yeah. And then and then he signed. You know, he signed, and so somebody took him a little early there. We need way more. Um, way more info. Yeah, he signed on the 24th, so I don't even know if that was in the cards there, but that's the most recent data point. If you click on his profile, you can see the little mm-hmm. dot. We're going to need some time for the data to uh, to catch up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I think he will go up. I don't think it'll be cost prohibitive for, for Reese Hoskins. I think I, I'd still, pay 150 uh, for that. I, I think I will too, and I don't think you have to. I, I, don't, I don't know that he's going to jump I don't all know the that, way up there. I don't think you have to right now. I do think that if especially he starts hitting some spring bombs, you think he passes passes Vinny P? Yeah, I do. At, at one sixty four, okay. Alec Bohm one sixty three. He's a third baseman yep. anyway. CES at one forty two. Yeah, okay. I could see him going in that Naylor. Naylor's at one thirty two. Yeah, and and Canarsione Strand is at uh, one forty two. Hoskins I don't think could he fit get, right in between them. I don't think he necessarily gets up all the way up to Torkelson, but um, I and do I love think- I love Tork, but. Shouldn't he maybe get up there, Hoskins? I think coming off injury, I get it, you know, but like I think I take the discount if he is at 150 instead of 
torque at 117 and Yanni but, Diaz at 128. I mean, he, he goes right back up on my board where he was not really um, prior to this signing. Like, I really wanted, before I was willing to take a shot on Hoskins, I wanted to see where he was going to land. And this is one of the best possible landing spots because he's not going to platoon. Uh, he's not, uh, or he's going to play every day. It's a good park to hit in. You know, the offense around him, you know, is not bad. Like, everything is perfect for Hoskins to have a big season if he's healthy. I think once we see him hitting spring palms, that price is just going to skyrocket. Could totally see it. I took him at 205 in a draft uh, recently before he was signed, and uh, I'm glad. I'm glad I like yeah, that. That's him. a nice little discount. So, um, Reese Hoskins looking good out in Milwaukee. We'll see if they do anything else. But uh, And then Peterson in Arizona, not bad. Let's get back into catchers. We did the first it's three tiers, but Rutschman was by himself. So it was two tiers for the most part there. Uh, you know, we were covering top end. We got some steady investments here in our next group. I think these are guys, you know, it's an interesting group. You got old and young, and it ranges from uh, pick 171 with Jonah Heim all the way down to Christian Vasquez at 552. So relative to where you would invest in these guys, I think they are steady. You, you are going to get back what you pay. And so when you're paying pick 552 for Christian Vasquez, you're going to get 552 pick worth. But it's Jonah Heim at 171. Kybert Ruiz at 168. Don't know why I put him after Heim when the ADP was higher. Tyler Stevenson at 228. Elias Diaz at 260. Alejandro Kirk at 265. Connor Wong at 326. Jan Gomes at 359. And Vasquez at 552. Let's start with the top guy, the two guys that are inside the top 200 here. Ruiz and Heim. They offer vastly different things. So depending on what you're trying to get at the time, would determine who you prefer between those two. Um, but let's talk Ruiz specifically. Big time prospect came over in the Trey Turner Scherzer deal. Supposed to be kind of a batting average focused catcher, which is a rare thing, but hit 260 last year with 18 bombs. And I feel like that's kind of gone under the radar that he jumped his home runs from seven to 18. Yes, he got 130 more plate appearances, but that's not enough to you know, get 11 more homers in terms of extrapolation. So the power did go up. Are we ready for like a full scale breakout from Ruiz or, or even more of this? Is, is he underrated a bit right now? Yeah, I don't know that there's another level. I'd honestly, I would not be surprised if the power steps back a little bit after such a huge jump up last year. Uh, what I will say is I feel like for a young guy, especially Kyber Ruiz is one of the uh, safest uh catchers out there uh like the plate skills and contact profile um or not as the plate skills but the contact profile uh is immaculate like he is um he's not an elite hitter uh in terms of a catcher he's an elite hitter period uh in 94% zone contact uh you know he swings a lot in the zone like so like that batting average is probably going to be good um, and uh, I think I mentioned this with um, with Adley Rushman because of his contact profile. Like at some point, Adley's going to have a 300 season. I would not be surprised at some point if Kyber Ruiz has a 300 season. Uh, and so, I mean, do I think he has like this huge upside outside of the batting average? No, I, I that would be huge though. If he hit 300, 300 with that made Buster homers. Posey like a first second round pick like um, when you get 300 at catcher and he's a yeah. true full-time guy 
So he only gets off like one day, you know, 136 games last year. It's like a one day a week type of deal. I mean, that would be massive. And that is supposed to be his thing. His BABIPs have been tiny. He is, yeah. He's a 267 career BABIP guy. Give him one year of some good luck here in Kybert Ruiz. Should be hitting like 290 plus. I was talking about, um, I don't know if it was him specifically or not. On I, I've, I seem to have done a bunch of catcher previews this year for, for other people. <laughs> I just, you know, probably because they do that early. In, uh, in, yeah, if, if they go in order. They, they, and they're nice enough to contact me early. Um, so, uh, but I, I was on uh, Tim Canock's podcast. Uh, uh, and, and I mentioned that, uh, like I, one of the reasons I like zone contact as a statistic, um, is because if you're making a lot of contact in the zone, you give yourself the opportunity to get lucky, right? You give yourself the ability to get lucky and, uh, and that's what Kyber Ruiz does. And so like, I do think that there is, I think this 270 batting average is kind of who he is, but I also think there is a wide range at the top where like, yeah, if he hit 290, if he hit 300, I would not be surprised. And so mm-hmm. talking about a guy who can hit 13, 14 home runs with a, a premium batting average, it's going to hit in a good spot in the lineup in Washington. Like, yeah, I want that, especially because I think the floor is pretty damn high. The projections believe in the power. They've all got 17 homers in about 40 50 fewer plate appearances so if he had the 562 again they would see another 18 19 with a 270 so that ends up putting him on the auction calculator kybert ruiz at eighth at the position i believe and it. yet he's not going there at all that he is the 15th catcher off the board we've talked about how deep catcher is and how we are not necessarily dying to get into the upper tiers there if you don't need to you know if it if for me, like I, I took Rutschman in a draft recently. He fell from his 50 ADP to 66. Okay, I'll take the discount. Fine. But um, if I miss out on those guys, Ruiz is somebody I'm very interested in. I would love to pair like Ruiz with a power only type guy. And then look at my catcher as like a giant, you know, 800 plate appearance stud with 35 homers and like a 270 average that'd be amazing or 260 average because the power guy's probably not going to bring it up too much but i think ruiz is really uh, intriguing here and he's priced very fairly but if you don't need batting average and you're not totally bought in on his power maybe you pivot to jonah heim who also hit 18 homers last year but he did it in 60 fewer plate appearances and it came with 95 ribbies he also had 258, you know, so his average is nothing to sneeze at. It's pretty solid, but he went 1895. Now, I don't think you're projecting another 95 ribbies for Jonah Heim, but has he arrived? Are you ready to believe in Jonah Heim as a stud? Uh, yes, I am ready to believe him as a stud. Uh, I, you know, this is just based off of memory. So if I'm, if I'm not a hundred percent accurate, uh, I, I apologize, but I do believe that from the beginning of the season until he got hurt, he was the number one catcher in fantasy. I believe it hundred percent because he's damn near number one. He was four for the year, despite the injury and the second half faultiness likely due to the injury, by the way, or maybe some yeah. carryover from the injury because yeah, Jonah Heim put up a 656 OPS in 184 second half appearances after an 812 with a 282 average, 12 homers and 59 in the first half. 
like you said, got hurt, missed some time, came back, was not very good the rest of the way. He was playing with still a, finished yeah, fourth. Yeah, an injured wrist coming yeah. back. And he just wanted to play because it was the playoffs and um like yeah, and I mean if you if you go and sort our leaderboards, like he is the number one catcher by war on the leaderboard. Uh if you just sort it by, you know, until uh July twenty sixth when he, you know, went on the IL. So uh yeah, I mean I think there I think this is criminal that he's going this slow. I think he is the best catcher bargain in fantasy this year. Uh by all accounts, he should be healthy heading into the season. Uh is there obvious, I mean, he does catch a lot. So like there's obvious risk from a health perspective because catchers get hurt. Right. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the fact that you're getting Jonah Hine at, you know, a, a, one sixty pick as the, as the 15th catcher off the board. So in a 15 team league, he is the last catcher in a one catcher format. Um, that's insane. Like he, he, he should be going at, you know, probably as a top 10, if not higher catcher. Um, and I am going to That's have a lot of Jonah Hines shares this year. Uh, I yeah. am a recent convert. All praise to you because I know you were a big Jonah Hines guy. And I was not a big Jonah Hines guy. Um, I got him. Welcome aboard. In my main last year. And, uh, um, you know, it was kind of like, oh, I guess I'll just take Jonah Hines. Like, you know, he fell a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was huge for me, like, you know, you know, and luckily I dropped him when he got hurt. So I didn't have to deal with the, the bad stuff at the end of the season, but still like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think he probably, I think there's an argument that he is a top five catcher this year. I, I, you are speaking my language, brother. I ranked him 10th in my catcher rankings and you're too said low. In, you're too low. I, I said in his write up a full season of his upper register that we've seen in 2023 is a top three catcher. So I'm right there with you. Um, you know, the guys I have ahead of him are Yiner Diaz, Cal Raleigh, Sal Perez, Sean Murphy, JT Realmuto, the Contreras, Will Smith, and Rutschman. Yeah. And I mean, I think I can make the argument over all of those guys, except for Adley and, and Realmuto. Um, like, if someone said John Hines is, hate is disgusting. I mean, I don't know why though. Like, like we're talking about a guy that prior to the injury had 14 home runs, two stolen bases. You're talking about Hines, yeah. Yeah, Hines and was hitting 280. In that same time, Will Smith was really, really good. Very, very similar numbers. Like but he's done it. Runs. Will Smith has two 20-something homer seasons and 19 last year. I'm just saying. Track record wise, they're the same age too, you know, because Hyman's a little bit of a later breakout, which happens at catcher a lot. I'm so I'm not even saying I that to dog rank, him. I'm not saying I will rank Heim over Will Smith. What I'm saying is I can understand someone doing it. Um, I'm not, that's, that's where I disagree though. I don't think you can rightly rank him over. I, who's to say what's right and what's wrong with a rank? I think your case would be very difficult to make. And I love Heim. I just let think me, Will Smith. Let me is make a one more argument. Okay. One of the reasons we've loved Will Smith in the past was because when he wasn't catching, he would DH. Okay. Right? What if that's now Hine? Garver's gone. They that don't have a help. regular DH. He DH seven games last year. What if they say your bat's good enough where you're going to DH on your days off from catching? I would love that. Yes, the volume all, piece could be huge. All of a sudden, he goes from 131 games 
to 145 games. And 600 point appearances? Yeah, from the catcher okay. position. That'd be great. I would love that. I'm not saying it's going to happen or that, but you it's know, a, it's it, in, you know uh, that it's even probable. Cards. But I'm saying, like, I see that outcome more likely at this point for Heim than I do for Will Smith. Because yes, Otani because with Otani blocking off DH, Will Smith might get the very occasional start there. Um, he's going to have to play catcher to be playing. So, no, I think that, that part is definitely fair. Love Heim fully in. And his price, he's priced to buy. And I'm pretty surprised. Yeah, my number one target this year is going to be Jonathan. It surprises me because he had such a good season, but maybe it was the rough finish that has people just scared. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's jump down about 50 picks. I still can't quit my boy Tyler Stevenson, but as I put in my write-up, the depth of catcher has him as just a dude for me this year, as opposed to my pick to click, right? I was big yeah. on him. You know, you gave me my praises on Heim. Thank you. But I can take my heat on my um, on my obsession with Stevenson because it did not come to fruition. It's, it still just has not clicked. And basically what I'm betting on is basically his body, dude. He looks like somebody who should be able to hit 20 bombs without even blinking in that. 30 part. bombs. Yeah. Like, I don't I mean- get it. Like he looks, and I know that that's not, the only thing you should judge on, and it wasn't the only thing I was judging on, but I'm like, I think he can come into some power if he just kind of develops a bit. I know that's a bit nebulous. You're kind of wish casting to a degree there, but I don't think it was the worst guy to make a bet on with Tyler Stevenson, but it didn't happen. It was a career high 13 homers, but it was with a 243 batting average, which was far and away a career low. So at 228, I think he's fine to buy especially if you want a piece of Cincinnati and you don't want to pay the exorbitant rates. But like I said, he's now a guy that I will I will simply get and be okay with as opposed to somebody I was aggressively targeting. I know you weren't a big Stevenson guy last year. Can't imagine you are this year, but where do you stand with him? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because Stevenson, I, like you, have been a huge fan of Stevenson since before he was a rookie. Like, I was waiting for that call-up. I was like, hey, this guy has got a really, really good understanding of the strike zone. He makes, you know, good contact inside of the zone, and there's a ton of power in that bat. I still feel the same way about him in terms of, like, all those things are potentially there. But at some point, like, we have to see it happen on the field. Like, and I think what you kind of let off with in terms of talking about uh, uh, Tyler Stevenson is exactly the point is the pool has gotten so much better around him and he hasn't yes. gotten better at the same time. And because of the pool around him, I'm less likely to take the gamble. If the pool is still bad at catcher. I would go, yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll take the dart throw on Tyler Stevenson. If I got to drop him, I got to drop him. Right. But now like to take Tyler Stevenson, you were passing up on really good talents at the position. Like, mm-hmm. and, and so for me, like I, could it happen? Absolutely. Like I totally see a world in which uh, Tyler Stevenson hits 270, um, has a 10% walk rate, and hits 25 bombs. Like there is that I think in his bat um, and profile. I think, but when we start like doing projections, when we start talking about what we think is, is going to happen, not what we would like to see or want to happen. Um, we have to offer kind of a median projection and the median projection is pretty low considering what his track record is. Yeah. 255 and 10, like the projections have 
on the site. Like, I think that that's totally fair. And they're all pretty lockstep. ATC, Steamer, and Zips are the three that are out there. And then you'll see Zips DC and FGDC. FGDC is Fangraph's depth charts, and that's the Steamer projection with our playing time. And it, sometimes it doesn't really vary from Steamer's playing time, so you'll see basically the same numbers. That's kind of what happens here. We have 31 more plate appearances for him than uh, Steamer does. But otherwise, I mean, it, it adds a homer, five ribbies. Yeah. And then Zips uh, has their setup. And then Zips DC, so again, taking our playing time with the Zips projection. And then ATC, of course, is an amalgam. And that's probably the most friendly that you can find. Actually between zips and and atc because zips has 446 plate appearances the bottom line though is it's about 250 and 10 to 13 homers and so too many great catchers out there that in he probably tyler stevenson probably has to fall beyond the 228 adp for me to really go for him which is a bummer when you consider where i was just a year ago but hey i'm 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 willing to adjust even on players i love even if it's a downturn adjustment Anything so, else on Stevenson before we move on? I just want to point out that um, he had a 517 plate appearance this last year, which is a good amount for a guy who's a catcher, right? For uh, sure. Anytime we see a catcher over 500 plate appearances, we go, oh, I like that. Um, 149 of those plate appearances were at DH. With how crowded that team is right now. I knew I knew where you were going right away. Like... Is is he getting forty plate appearances at catcher? Are we do we need to chop at off, DH? You mean? Or sorry, at DH? Or do we need to chop off a hundred plate appearances? We might. We like, might. I mean, and if you look at it, the these projections are the, doing that the, from five seventeen yeah. down to high three hundreds and low four hundreds. And like so, I do like depth charts playing time quite often. Like I mm -hmm. think that they are pretty locked into playing time. Uh, yeah, I I think I would probably project. I mean, I probably project him towards the top end because injuries, send downs, things like that happen. Um, yeah. But like 425 plate appearances, that is not what you want from Tyler Stevenson. No, when he got 517 last year, yeah, couldn't make the most of it. I have this luxury as a multi leaguer that I can get one share of a guy that I love just in case. But if I'm only like a one two league type of guy. Or gal, I like. I, I don't know that he he winds up this year, and it's a bummer. I wish him the best. Will I rant and rave and, and be a little crybaby if he breaks out and he's not on every one of my teams this year? Yes, yes, because the classic Paul Spore year early, I will flip this table yes, yeah. and go yeah. to bed. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go out to Colorado. Talk Elias Diaz. Had a nice little season, you know, wasn't he the uh, he was the All Star Game MVP if I recall correctly? Because we made a card for him over at Out of the Park Baseball. That's why I remember that. But a nice little season, 267 average, 14 homers, 72 ribbies. Um, in 526 plate appearances, he had a big spike as well, Elias Diaz did. Are you buying in on that? Do you think that Colorado finally landed on a catcher? It's been like 50 years that they've been looking for one, even though they yeah. haven't been around for 50 years. But, uh, you know, he had 18 homers two years ago. People thought maybe that was the arrival. Dipped back big time in 2022. But then an all-star quality appearance from Elias Diaz is the 33-year-old ready to be a steady fantasy contributor for a couple years running. Or is this another up uptick that you're nervous of? I just had like this thought in my head where Chris Iannetta is listening to the podcast and being like, hey. In fairness, I was going to say since Chris Iannetta. If, if I 100% was about to say that. So if you are listening, Chris, you are my 
you're, yeah. you're my line that they've been looking for yeah, since. Exactly. Uh, uh, and I, I'm very intimately familiar with it because I always draft Colorado catchers because they're usually cheap and it's like a cheap way to get into Colorado and it does not work. Yeah. <laughs> I take fake player Tom Murphy. I've been taking Will and Rosario, Diaz, the, uh, countless other guys. But anyway, is Elias Diaz that dude? I don't think so. Ah. Like, he had a 324 Babbitt. He's a career 286 guy. Like, okay. and I, I know people are going to be like, oh, but like, he's, uh, you know, he's in Colorado where the Babbitts get inflated. Yeah, not that high. Like, previous <laughs> to this, like, uh, his highest uh, Colorado Babbitt was 275 in the short in 2020 season, 270 in uh, 2022. Like, okay, give him like a 290 Babbitt and still drop that batting average. Um, mm hmm. You know, uh, is he really going to get 526 plate appearances? I, I don't think so. Like, well, I, How was that accumulated? Um, let me look. Because uh, was he DHing a bunch? Was he playing some first? He only like DHed that? eight games. So, okay, so he was just catching his ass off. Yeah, Respect. I mean, you know, uh, he had 29 plate appearances, DH 16 as a pinch hitter. Okay, um, yeah, so he was just catching. Yeah, uh, but I still, I mean, that's just hard to repeat. Absolutely. Unless, unless you're Sal Perez, like that's just like, or, or Yadier Molina, like that's just a hard number to repeat. So I would, I probably won't drop, it's not like Tyler Stevenson where I'm dropping 100 plate appearances off, but I'm going to drop some plate appearances off, get them below the 500 plate appearance threshold. There's not a ton of power in the profile, obviously, you know, 14 home runs and 526 play appearances isn't like, oh, wow, like, look, power surge. Like, but he's probably, you know, a low double digits homer guy, mm -hmm. uh, a 245-ish batting average guy that plays somewhat regularly in Colorado. Again, the pool around him is just so good that I think I'd rather have someone else. Yeah, I, th I think I agree with that on Elias Diaz, especially with the next guy off the board, who I think... The market is sleeping on. I told yep. you about this this draft where I took uh, Adley Rutschman at 66. I waited all the way until this guy at 235 to take Alejandro Kirk. His ADP is 265. So I jumped him a little bit there, but I wanted to secure him. Um, and I don't mind paying that price. But at 263, I think that's an amazing ADP. This dude was the talk of the catcher town last year. He goes out falls on his face a bit, and now we are dust in this fool. And I say we as a fantasy community, not necessarily you and I. I'm staying bought in. He's 25. All my love that I had coming into 23, it's not all gone just because he didn't perform this year. And so now that I'm getting a huge discount, I'm in. I, I really think Alejandro Kirk is being slept upon, and he's a fun catcher sleeper. Even as as the depth of the pool gets bigger, he's part of what I'm talking about too. When I'm when I'm passing Stevenson, when I'm passing Elias Diaz, it's because I can get Kirk after both of them. And I know he offers different things because he's not a big power guy, but and he only hit 250 last year, but his BABIP dropped to 265. I think he's kind of like that Ruiz type, where we can have a lot of batting average with a little punch, and he's in a way better lineup. So I'm still in on Kirk. What say you? Yeah, I am too. Uh, my only concern is if they branded belted him again. So, because uh, I mean, part of what makes him valuable and, you know, really hurt him last year, I think from, you know, an overall production standpoint, but also just from like getting in your head standpoint was they brought in Brandon Belt and took away DH, you know, responsibilities yep. from him. Uh, and Danny Jansen. So then you had two guys pretty much splitting the role and really kind of 
limiting both of their upsides uh, in terms of like, hey, like you're not getting over, you know, much over 400 plate appearances because, you know, Danny Jansen's here, Brandon Belt's here. They're going to need play uh, plate appearances too. So, and the guy that I keep saying I think is going to end up in Toronto is Joey Votto. Um, you know, he's, which would which would be another Brandon Belting. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I have. I mean, he Alejandro Kirk has been my backup option at catcher. If I don't get two guys that I really like in the above tiers, then I grab Kirk. And I've, I think I've drafted him in three leagues out of five already, or three leagues out of six. Nice. Um, like so, like I've got a lot of Alejandro Kirk, uh, and uh, so I'm hoping they don't bring in Joey Votto or anybody else to kind of take over that DH role. Uh, yeah, but, I'd like to see both catchers getting in the lineup because Dan yeah. Jan, we're going to talk about uh, in the small sample standouts um, because despite being around for like seven years, which also surprised me when I was doing my catcher rank, or he's going into his seventh year, uh, he's played over 86 games once. Yeah. So, well, uh, we'll, 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 too, yeah. yeah, injuries and being a catcher, but we'll talk yeah. more about him later. But that's a good point on Kirk. At least that's covered in the cost. If he does get railroaded like that, um, and not railroad and like, he's not, it's not against him if they get more depth on the team, but if they do get a DH type that will eat up some of that PT, you're still only paying 265 for Kirk. That's already factored into the cost. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't get too hung up on it, but just be mindful of it if it does happen, but we're pro Kirk stick with him. If you loved him last year, I don't think there's really been enough to really take you off. And I'm stunned that part of it's the catcher depth, but part of it is just this, this, um, you know, cat chasing a laser light of the fantasy community that the second that somebody falters and somebody else does well, they're off chasing that. And yep. I, I should say we are, because again, it's a fantasy community that we do this all the time. Don't, don't quit Kirk. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's jump down the rankings a good bit down here. Pick 326, Connor Wong. Was an interesting little guy, little player uh, for the for the Red Sox last year, going nine homers, eight steals. You know, you don't usually get a little uh, stolen base prowess from behind the dish. So I think some deep leaguers probably have some affinity for him if they picked him up and and he helped them for a couple weeks here, a month there. The tough part was when I was analyzing his uh, breakdown, the the production was spread out, so it might have been tough. You might have been holding like. Wong might have been one of those guys that hit a homer and stole two bases. Then you picked him up and he didn't do shit for three weeks. And then, you know, okay, you cut him and then he immediately does something else again. So he didn't have that confined period of, of success. So maybe AL only folks or really deep league folks are the ones that like him. But uh, what do you think of Connor Wong? He should have that job pretty, pretty much to himself or is Reese McGuire still there? Uh, oh, Reese McGuire is still there. And he's a pretty yeah. good defender. But Wong, I think, is supposed to be the guy. And then Maguire's a one, two time a week type. But what do you think of Wong? Is can he build on the nine and eight? I mean, maybe a little bit, but like I don't see like a big breakout here or anything like that. He is gonna play. He's gonna get 400 plate appearances. Probably gonna hit the bottom of the order. Um, and there's just not a ton of upside here. Uh, and again, we're still talking about a pool in which, like, hey. I see upside around here, you know, with Patrick mm -hmm. Bailey, with Freddie Furman, with, Love you know, Bailey. Uh, so, you know, like, you know, Austin Wells, like there are guys mm -hmm. going in this like area him. that like, you can go, Hey, like there's pretty good upside. Now on the plus side is, I think this is who Connor Wong is. Like, I don't think like all of a sudden Connor Wong's getting DFA. Uh, 
so like I think he's gonna get 400 play appearances. I think he's gonna hit hit around 10 home runs. Um, and like the batting average isn't gonna be atrocious. And there have been, you know, decent batting averages, especially in the minor leagues, where you go, oh, okay, maybe he could hit 260, 270, and like you know, and, and be a, a decent bat. So, um, yeah, I, he's a guy. I think I drafted in the first pitch Arizona draft, which is funny because uh, I. Uh, I didn't draft any catchers in Arizona in our first 23 rounds. That's right. And then I took like four right away. I was just like, you know what? I didn't get one that I really like, but I'm just going to take all of the ones I kind of like. You practice what you preach though. You said like like, catcher depth. I don't have to jump early. Bang. mm -hmm. Past round 23, you snagged four of them. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Connor Wong, I think he's, I think he's fine. Like it's boring, but it's fine. Yep, I think that's a good way to put it. And the depth of league is where you'll get him. Yeah, you got Bailey, Rogers, Wong in three straight rounds there. Yeah. Uh, Jake, Jake Rogers being the other guy. I like Bailey quite a bit. We'll get to him momentarily here. All right, so we continue on. Connor Wong, the depth of league is, is where you're getting him. Jan Gomes, he was good last year. I don't really buy it in any tangible way. Uh, 267 average, 63 ribbies. It was nice, but it was the second most games of his career. He is currently set up to be the starter in Chicago, so maybe he could have another 100 games. But where are you at on him? Like, I don't think the price is unfair at 359. Like, that's that's a pretty late pick. But I'm just not moved by it. I'd rather take one of the young guys. I'd rather take Patrick Bailey right right there, Freddie Fermin, like you mentioned. But maybe you can convince me if you think I'm wrong here. What about Jan Gomes, the, the stalwart veteran? Doing anything for you? Not in particular, um, like like you mentioned, like this is kind of a breakout for Jan Gomes, but like, why would I care about that? Like, I, mean, yeah. I like I think he is 36. fine, but like, yeah, yeah, you're talking about a guy who's been injured a bit in his career. He's 35. Uh, they've got Miguel Amaya um, sitting there on the bench. He's a former top tier prospect um, that you know probably hasn't paid off in the way that they would have hoped. But he's there and he's out of his baby too. Yeah, so he's he's twenty five, like like he, or he's gonna be twenty five. Uh, he's, you know, they may want to get him in more. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if three hundred fifty plate appearances is the max for Jan Gomes. Um, and yeah. at that, without having a prodigious um, hit tool or prodigious power, like there's just not enough juice in there for me to pass up on the upside of the other guys going around him. Yep. I, I don't really need to add much there. Jan Gomes is fine, but uh, I think you just take too many other guys, including so many in this next tier that we're going to get to after we talk about Christian Vasquez. He is pick 552, which is obviously like nothing. A lot of drafts he's not even going to go in um, because he's the backup catcher there uh, behind Ryan Jeffers. But, you know, he's Christian Vasquez. He can he can be okay. He had a rotten year last year. I think it was the disjointed playing time, and maybe that's going to be another thing this year where – the fits and starts with which he plays makes it difficult for him to get into a rhythm or it's just an outlier season where he had a career, not a career low, but a five-year low 279 Babbitt and just never got going. You have any love for Vasquez in let's, let's say DCs where you need to draft four catchers. Cause that's about the only place I'm drafting him right now outside of a like 10 team, 12 team AL only. A defensive catcher is going to be a backup. I uh, no, no, I don't care about. Yeah, Vasquez I mean, will not be any on any of my teams. Like he's had 
some heat before. Remember, he hit 23 homers back in 2019. Do you remember that? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, I he do. used to be a nice little like contributor of some steals at catcher seven mm -hmm. four 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 eight in a five year run. But uh, yeah, it's two in the last two years. Yeah, I mean that's that's nothing. Like it's just, yeah. At this point, like hey man, you've been a good little catcher for uh, you know. Uh, quite a few years. Um, it's time to let have, Jeffers shine. Yeah, you still have defensive value, so you're gonna play, but mm -hmm. you're like you're not gonna be a full time guy. Like I, I think under 300 plate appearances for Vasquez is probably what we see. That makes total sense to me. All right, we're gonna have to do three parts because yeah, we didn't plan to talk about what yeah, we had yeah, to talk the, about at the beginning of the episode. Stuff. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, but Justin honest. does have work on Fridays, so we cannot uh, we cannot push till. To, to our heart's content we will finish it um and since it's only two categories maybe we can start something else or, or obviously fill out the episode a bit because those last two categories maybe we'll won't get be too difficult. some signings maybe we'll, we'll actually get some news or yeah or it could either be an hour long of me uh freaking out about the lions making the super bowl or yeah an hour of me crying mm -hmm. even though i have very reasonable expectations about what's going to happen this weekend but yeah, it can either be the consoling hour or the celebration hour. Um, I still can't believe that it's January 26th and we're talking about a Lions game in two days. That That's, blows yeah. my mind. Good luck, uh, buddy. Like I know I live you. in- It's gonna be tough. I live in the San Francisco area, but I'm not a Niners fan, um, though my wife is. So I've got to pretend to be rooting for her team. Well, totally I'm actually get it. rooting for your team. Um, my girlfriend is a Niners fan, insofar as oh, she's a football right. fan at all. But she Jennifer is a Niners fan. Where I live now. Yep. Um, so uh yeah like uh good luck i i thanks i think they be, got a chance they got a shot there's nothing more i want this weekend than to see the lions win and go to the super bowl play i do think the country's game. rooting for us oh absolutely i, I think we're there, the country's team there was right a great now. graphic that someone tweeted out and it was like it was a picture of the us and like all of it was blue and there was just a little circle around in so california just, no. yeah <laughs> like, it's like <laughs> people rooting for the lions people rooting for the Niners. It was just like this little <laughs> circle, like I right on San Francisco. Um, and uh, so like, yeah, I mean, I think um, we live in divisive times, but I think the all, one thing we can almost all agree on is we want the Lions to win this weekend. I think so. And I, and I think if we do somehow beat the Niners, then even their fans would then root for us in the Super Bowl. I don't know for sure, but I think they would. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, also, PitchCon going on this weekend. Oh, yeah. PitcherList.com. Check that out. Danielle's show is tonight. Um, if we get this up before then, go check it out at 8 Central uh, on PitcherList.com. It, it's actually on Playback TV or Playback.tv, but you go to PitcherList.com. You can figure out how to get there with everything. Amazing panels, special yeah. guests, all sorts of people from the industry uh, of baseball at large and fantasy baseball. So much cool stuff. Nick kills it. Uh, and then you got Potapalooza coming up down the line here a couple weeks, I would imagine, right? Yeah, in a month. Yeah, it'll That's be right. the last so. weekend of February. TGFBI signups are still going on mm -hmm. right now, um, including set, like if you if you don't qualify for TGFBI because you're not in the industry, they have sat we have satellite leagues um, where you can win your way into the next year's tgfbi so Perfect. if you have signed up you're like well where's my invite um for either tgfbi or satellite next week their invites are going out next week so Boom. i need to get on top of stuff this weekend because i am really far behind everywhere uh but uh yeah signups are gonna go out here in like six days like it's crazy 
I know, I can't believe it. We, we made it through the winter. You know, I was telling my friends yesterday, like the winter ends for me when pitchers and catchers report. I know that, you know, it's yeah. still the mid-February. A lot of people probably still freezing their asses off. But once we start hearing those gloves snap, yep. it's time. So, all right, Justin, get to work. We'll talk on Monday. Have a good weekend. Take it easy.